0: Our God is a missionary God and we are his missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary.
1: So the Scent Life podcast, we explore everything that relates to missions, church planting, evangelism, Uh, Greg and I uh, talk about things that we're interested in Or have guests on that interest us But periodically our listeners have questions And so we have a whole list of questions uh, That deals with uh, missions and evangelism and church planting So today is a special question and answer podcast That's coming from our listeners over the past several months So tune in to The Scent Life, thank you
0: Welcome to The Scent Life. I'm Greg Mathias, along with my co-host and co-partner in crime, Scott Hildreth. Glad you're here today with me again, Scott. Glad to be here. All right. Uh, Today's a a different kind of podcast, but a special one. A, A little while back, we had a giveaway, and part of that giveaway for our listeners to The Scent Life podcast, which we would encourage you to continue to listen, continue to pass the word along, uh, to those you think would find it helpful but we asked for some feedback uh, what are some topics that you might be interested in in future podcasts but also what are some questions you have as listeners and so we want you to know uh, we've listened to you the listeners and we have a whole list of questions and so today uh, we're going to interact with some of those questions it's just going to be scott and i kind of going back and forth uh talking about these now some of these questions you sent in fantastic questions Yes. So keep them coming. But some of these questions we're going to dedicate whole podcasts to in the future. But for today, we just kind of wanted to kind of do it almost a shotgun approach and just begin to interact with some of the thoughts, questions, and ideas that you, our listeners, had. And so, uh, Scott, let's just start uh, where they started. And and so one of the questions really has to do with uh, a little bit in that realm of the will of God Mm. and hearing from God. And the question was this. Uh, how does somebody know that God is speaking to them, leading them? And it's not just their feelings. It's not just a thought they came up with. How do we
1: know that God's actually leading and speaking? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's it's, it's funny. We work with students all the time, and that yep. probably is the number one <laughs> question, right. you know, that we get yeah. is how do I know what God's will is for my life? Right. How do I know if God is speaking to me? Uh, what if it's just my pride? Yep. Uh, you know, and you know this is this is a regular question. I think that mm-hmm. that we wrestle with, but but it's not just a student question, no, that's is it? right? I mean, we all go through phases in life where we really are forced to kind of come to a crossroads. Yeah. Which what yeah. should I do? Should I marry or not marry? Should I marry this person or not marry this person? Right. Should I take this job or not take that mm-hmm. job? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do we know? You know, how do we know the will of God? Yeah. Um, and I think there are a couple things to do and. You know, one of them is that uh, your feelings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, are given to you by God. So sometimes, (laughs) uh, uh, I think we have this weird concept, right, that we should be warring against God's will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we often talk about surrendering to the will of God as if the whole, our whole life is about like a wrestling match, Jacob and the angel. Right, right. We've got yeah. to walk out with a broken hip yeah. to think that we've actually surrendered.
0: Yeah, it's very adversarial sometimes when right. we come into this idea and this question that it's God and then me, who I am, and somehow God's trying to wrestle me away from myself so that I can do his will. But like you said, he gives us our feelings, uh, now, again, we've got to tie them to something. Right. And one of the places I go to a lot, even thinking about this type of question, Psalm 42 and 43. Yep. I love all over the Psalms, but Psalm 42 and 43, David is literally wrestling with his feelings. Right Now, he says, look, uh, my feelings, uh, they're telling me uh, the world's in chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, life's terrible. I should probably just go kick rocks. Uh, is right. <laughs> basically what he's saying. But right. then what he does... He doesn't hide those feelings. Mm-hmm. He take them, takes them to God, and then he speaks truth mm-hmm. to those feelings. Again, uh, pulling it back to this question of we don't need to be afraid of our feelings. Right. God's big enough to handle those. They shouldn't lead out in making those decisions. We need to tie them to truth, which we find in God's Word.
1: Sure. Yeah, you know, the, the Bible's very clear in the Psalms. David says, delight myself yeah. in the Lord he'll gives me the desires of my heart. So I think mm-hmm. one of the first ways to know what the will of God is i think we really can start with a question uh, uh, what do you want to do yeah uh, that's
0: a great question <laughs> uh, you know
1: are you are you are you passionate about yeah. this thing are you driven about this thing uh is it the is it the the topic the ministry mm-hmm. the opportunity that shows up i'm passionate about this sometimes i think um, we can know the will of God because it may be the first thing we're willing to complain about in others. Mm, so, that's good. so God's made us attune and aware of a need, yeah. and we see this thing that may be God stirring in our hearts. That this is a part of His call, His will for our right. life. It's the thing that we want to do, want to see accomplished. There, you know, uh, you know, not the, the book we we hosted a week or so ago. What do you want to do with your life? Yeah. One of the statements that Pastor J.D. makes is that not everything that comes from heaven has your name on it. Yeah. But every once in a while, something shows up, and you're like, that one really gets me motivated.
0: Yeah, it resonates. Yeah. And so I think you find those things. And again, the question isn't just how do I know that God is speaking. Mm -hmm. Clearly, he has a spirit within us. We want to ground that in the scriptures. So that's a part Mm -hmm. of the testing. But it's not just me and God. He puts us in a family. Right. In a community of faith. And so externally, that's where we invite others in and say, here's what I think God's saying. Mm
1: -hmm. What do you see? Right. Right. Would you agree with 100%, that? hundred percent. Yeah, I think, I think, so we're thinking about knowing God's will, yeah. knowing God's purpose, knowing God's calling, however we term right. it. So right. I think one one thing is, yeah. you know, what do you want to do? Is, it, is yeah. it something that you're passionate about? Is it something you're driven toward? That ought to be step one. Yep. Another step is that, to your point, whether you're in a community. Right. You ask your friends, mm-hmm. ask your small group, your accountability group, this is what I feel like God's leading me to do. What do you think? It may be that you think, man, God's calling me to be a singer, and everybody's like, man, I've heard you sing. I can promise you God's not calling you to sing. Yeah, that's right. Um, So you can ask the people around you what they can discern in you. I think another way uh, that we can do obviously, is we look at the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. What what does the Bible say about uh, God's mission, God's priority? Make sure that the thing that you think God's leading you to do doesn't violate Scripture. Mm, How often do we use our feelings to justify sin? Wow, yeah. Um, And uh, that can never be, uh, you know, God will never lead you to do something that violates Scripture. Right.
0: The other two things I would say, just real practical things, and then we can begin to move on to another question. But uh, in light of all that, and those are some great points and steps, would be, uh, God also works in reality. Mm. What I mean by that right. is, if you feel like he's calling you to something and you've got a mound of debt mm-hmm. that you need to take care of first, right. take care of debt. Sure. Uh, things of that nature, or perhaps it's timing in life right. or there's some relationships you yep. need to fix. Yep. So God's not going to uh, ask you to step outside of real life in the real world in, in, in the sense of what he's uh, calling you to. Right. Uh, and so I think we need to be uh, aware of those things. Uh, and then, Honestly, the whole idea of a rolling stone doesn't gather moss. Sure. Uh, Part of his calling could be, uh, get your feet wet. Do something. Yeah, do something. Uh, Try it out. God can use that experience, that time. Maybe it's in ministry. Maybe it's in serving in some capacity. And you decide. That's not for me. That's not unspiritual. That's Mm -hmm. God using that, and He can use that.
1: I think that's great. The only other thing I'd add to that, I think that you add to the list, is what's the opportunity in front of you? Perfect. You know, it'd be if if God's will for you to do something, then He'll provide the open door for you to move through. Some people are so paralyzed by knowing God's will that they actually don't do the very thing that's in front of them mm, right now. That's good. So let's uh, let's do something. Greg, let's ask another question. So okay. one of the questions that came from our listeners um, is, is on the same line of okay. how do I know God's will? How do I know uh, what mm-hmm. to do? And that's this one. What are some ways that uh, that a newly married couple can be involved in ministry? Is Should... How, and how does marriage even influence our ministry in the first place? Maybe yeah. that's another question to ask.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question and one I'm sure on a, a lot of listeners' minds. And so uh, when you think about being newly married in ministry, first and foremost, it shifts a bit of your time and attention, as it rightly should, work at being married. Mm. Uh, and so make sure that, uh, again, uh, life before marriage and after marriage should look a bit different mm. because you have that special person in your life, and so part of that will begin to determine how do we begin to minister together, but perhaps my priority, at least for a season, and I think the Bible speaks to this, is I'm going to spend some time enjoying, uh, learning what it means to be married, and then part of that is how do we then engage together? Are there opportunities together? Uh, Perhaps, maybe I didn't even have before that we can engage as a married couple. So part of that's just how you use your time, and I think uh, we don't want to run past being married to ministry. Right.
1: Is it necessary for a married couple to always do ministry together?
0: Right. Uh, you know, ideally, it's it's kind of the, the, the movie ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, newlyweds think, hey. Hallmark. Hallmark.
1: Uh, <laughs> Hallmark Channel <laughs> yeah, Christianity. Yeah, we're
0: always going to be kind of hugging one another. You know, when we go to sleep, we're in one another's arms. And we all know after being married for a while, Hallmark uh, right, isn't right. Right. But, but the same holds true in ministry. Although I think there are times where you support one another, Mm -hmm. uh, where your ministry, and I would say this about myself, I think you would say it as well, Scott, Mm -hmm. that my ministry is uh, more effective and productive because of my wife. Absolutely. But we don't always, in every ministry opportunity, do that together. In fact, it gives us a common foundation Mm -hmm. and base that we often have different ministries that complement one another. Uh, but we're not necessarily side by side. Yeah, I think it's
1: helpful. Yeah, you know, and, and less than I have found over the years that we, we have a common calling, yep. this common that's base right. you talked about to serve the church, mm-hmm. to disciple the nations, yeah. to uh, to do evangelism. Sometimes it means that we work side by side in ministry. Right. We've done. Over the years, I know you and Paige. Mm-hmm. When you serve on the mission field, you're kind of serving side by side. Right. But then there are other times because of seasons in life, you have kids right. or uh, different responsibilities, different opportunities. Sometimes you don't serve side by side, right. but you serve together. You're both yeah. in ministry, so conversations yeah. over the table may, hey, this is what I'm doing in ministry. This yeah. is a question yeah. that I yeah. have. So you're not you're not always together, right. but you're together. Well, and, and two,
0: that's the beauty of being married. When right. you come together as one, you don't become the same person. You have different giftings, desires, and even talents in ministry. And so while you can uh, have the common calling, which I think that's really important, yeah, that's and, and that would be a a focal point, I sure. would say, when you're newlyweds. What is our calling mm-hmm. as a family right. now? But then uh, your wife, just like Paige does for me, she has some different talents mm-hmm. and giftings that honestly— yep. Uh, I want her to to move in those directions and and minister to the kingdom and to the church through those and so uh we 're not going to be side by side in all ministry right. because if we did that it wouldn 't be helpful for her or for me That's or right. for the church That's and right. so we want to be able to still continue in some separate lanes. But again, uh, we don't do that without being tied first and foremost to the Lord, but to one another uh, and to this common vision and calling.
1: Oh, that's exactly right. And you know, it gets to another question yep. that people ask, and that's the uh, kind of the role for women in ministry. Yeah, yeah. And I think you and I both would affirm the fact that women are not second-class citizens in no, the kingdom of God. Not at all. And not a secondary ministry role. Right. That is often confused mm-hmm. uh, in the message, especially when talking about complementarianism. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you and I both support this idea that mm-hmm. uh, that there are not just opportunities, but required yeah. needs, right, yeah. for both yeah. men and women and married couples right. and singles to be involved in the ministry.
0: Amen to that, yeah. Uh, again, God is calling his people, right. and when he says his people, that's men, women, singles, marrieds, everything in between, yep. uh, to be engaged in kingdom work. And so there are not just... Uh, opportunities, I think, I like the word you use, kind of responsibility and requirement. And so I want to see, I I think we need to provide more pathways and more opportunities for women to serve, for singles to serve, for older people to serve, for younger people to
1: serve and for marriages as well. Sure. I mean, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, we're the yep. body of Christ, That's right? right. And we can't all be an eye. We right. can't all be an ear. We can't all be men. We can't all be married. That's right. But all of us are necessary yeah. for this body that we build up toward uh, into our head, Jesus, mm-hmm. to accomplish his missions, his purpose. So God's gifted each of us to build up the body of Christ as we, as we serve together, work together. And so I think this is probably a, this is a real main concern um, yeah, yeah. that we want to really get across. Part of living the sent life right, is yeah, understanding right. your gifts, your callings, your opportunities, and leveraging that for the mission of God.
0: Yeah, and, and that's right, Scott. And, and again, part of leveraging that is, again, the Christian life is not an isolated life. It's right. a communal life. And so the sent life would be, how do we minister? Well, me, even as a married uh, person, we need single people. Mm-hmm. We need older people and younger people to minister more effectively, more fruitfully. Um, and so, again, I, I think we could probably come back and sure. really even develop a,
1: almost probably a, whole a whole podcast. a whole podcast we could do about, about marriage and ministry, right. singles and ministry. Yeah, and particularly we on the loop. Scent Life. That's yeah, right. I think we, we, we could do that. We back around and cover that. Uh, there,
0: there's another, okay. uh, shift gears just sure. a bit uh, because we are the Scent Life, and so we have a lot of listeners uh, either engaged in or interested in missions, whether it be in their own community or around the world. And so one of the, uh, we have a couple questions kind of related, but one is uh, thinking about, Uh, ministering and doing mission in what some would call restricted access areas or closed countries. Oftentimes in our kind of mission speak, we talk about the 1040 window, uh, which uh, highlights uh, the majority of lostness Mm -hmm. on the the planet. Uh, And so one of the questions is, well, if I'm thinking about that, what can I do? What yeah. what kind of jobs are there even in kind of closed or restricted access areas if I'm a believer but want to minister? In no, it's great.
1: You know, it's a fascinating, we live in a fascinating world. Yeah. Changing world for sure. Mm-hmm. So we think it's easy to be, it's tempting to think about the task of a missionary mm-hmm. as just a full-time preacher <laughs> right. uh, or a full-time uh, evangelist where you Uh, You're paid just to do Christian things, but the world's really shifting. And uh, whether it's getting the ability to get visas or to stay long term, um, to be able to kind of have a life in a different context, in a different country, often is not possible just to go in as a missionary, to go in as a preacher. Correct. Um, those, some of those are still available yeah, in places are. around the world, so we uh-huh. don't we don't discount that, right. which then requires um, a different type of, of of reason for being there on a governmental purpose. You okay. have the same right. purpose, right? right? You're still living the scent life, yeah. you're on mission, but you may be doing something different, you yeah. know, some of the hours of your day.
0: Yeah, and in, in one way, kind of this idea of what jobs are open mm-hmm. to me as a believer, even in restricted areas, closed countries, I would say... Uh, well, look around the world, Nearly anything. business is everywhere. Right. <laughs> so if you have a degree in something, you're currently in a job, mm-hmm. uh, that particular job or even that skill set, there's probably a good chance right. in a lot of these areas you can continue to work. Right. Uh, uh, but to your point, uh, I think oftentimes we think of that, that one narrow lane, and you and I both know from living overseas, uh, it, most missionaries are kind of like Swiss Army knives. Sure. Uh, So you do a little bit of everything, everything. uh, you know, uh, in terms of jobs, in terms of work, in terms of ministry. And so what jobs are offered? Uh, The other piece of that would be, Scott, uh, that as as somebody's considering that, the best thing to do is to get in touch with those that live in those areas. Uh, maybe it's, uh, of course, the International Mission Board, one of mm-hmm. our primary partners. They have teams all around the world. Maybe it's right. talking to some of the teams on the ground. What's their ministry and strategy? How would you fit into that? Sure. We also have the global church. Right. There are believers all around the world, even in many of these closed and restricted access areas. Talk to a believer how could I come and partner alongside of that, right. whether it be formally mm-hmm. in terms of a ministry-type position, right. or perhaps I'm an engineer, uh, I'm a college student trying to get a job, sure. could I come live over there, what would that look like? Right,
1: I think it's great. You know, several years ago, the International Mission Board uh, had this initiative mm-hmm. of, um, of mobilizing okay. or really recognizing, is probably a better yeah. word, of different types of, of roles and, and ways that Christians live overseas, and really owning that as these people are, are living on mission. And so it was it was students uh, who were in university. Yep. It was business people who've transferred with their jobs long-term right. or temporarily. It was the the, the full-time frontline type missionary. Um, there was the retirees. I mean, we often forget the fact that because a retirement is early, uh, we saw right. a whole lot of life after retirement. Yeah, we do. And uh, you know, sometimes through your through your retirement, Social yeah. Security, you live overseas in a, in a different place. So there are a lot of ways that people yeah. can get overseas mm-hmm. and live overseas. Yeah. And I think the, the the question, what type of jobs? I think the sky's the limit in yeah. some ways. No, that's right. Uh, the, but the thing we would we would downplay. Is using kind of a mock job oh, to do yeah. missions, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've we've seen those.
0: Yeah, I would say let's mock that that, that <laughs> idea. I don't. Uh, and, and so, in some ways, we're almost in quote unquote a golden age. If yep. you want to be somewhere around the world, even in harder areas sure. or where the gospel is not as prevalent and pursue that right and there are multiple opportunities to get there Let, let's kind of sure. uh, one more related question and this is probably our last one for this one we're going to come back keep listening yep. keep sending in questions but this last one is uh again with calling and even overseas how does somebody know when they might be called overseas
1: hmm So this episode of The Scent Life is made possible by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and the College at Southeastern. If you're interested in theological education, training for Christian ministry, following God's passion in your life to the nations or to this nation, we provide an opportunity at Southeastern Seminary for training, for equipping, for deepening your call. We would encourage you to go to sebts.edu, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, Uh, and explore all of our degree options for training and for equipping. We have opportunities for studying on our campus in Wake Forest, North Carolina, or most, if not all of our degrees or portions of our degrees are available online. You can stay right where you are and be equipped at whatever stage of education you're interested in. Okay, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so I think first, um, you know, there is this uh, old missionary quote, uh, you know, that, that we are all called, right? right. So, no, that, that's uh, right. You know, not called, you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, with the needs around the world, with the needs of the gospel, how could anyone say I wasn't called yeah. overseas? But I do think a more serious answer to the question um, is, is needed. Um, so I think first of all, uh, you, we begin to sense in our own uh, lives mm-hmm. uh, God's stirring in our heart for the unreached, yep. for uh, those who 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 need to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's wrong, and I've talked with people who want to go overseas uh, because they're frustrated with life in America, yeah, frustrated with right. the American church, right. trying to run from uh, trying to run from something here. Several weeks ago, we you know, had Dr. Kellen talking about mm-hmm. issues that missionaries mm-hmm. face overseas and one was they they tend to be running from something and that's right. never healthy right so i think there needs to be some positive draw yeah. god's calling me overseas because of the needs because of the opportunity because the lostness that takes place so i think that's one area how do i know god's called me he's awakened me to the right. international needs of lostness around the world
0: Yeah, and I would say, uh, keying in on that idea you just said, this idea of being awakened. Uh, Mm -hmm. For some, maybe they've never even considered that. Uh, And so I would just encourage them. In fact, uh, one of our uh, earlier podcasts was all about missionary biographies. Right. So maybe you pick one of those up. God might use that to awaken you. Hey, there are needs around the world. Maybe I could see myself living life somewhere else. The other would be uh, our president here, Dr. Akin, always says this, and I love it. It's a, it's kind of the reverse question, but getting at the mm-hmm. same point. He says so many of us want to pray about, you know, kind of where should I go? When should I go? That why should I go? Yeah, why should I go? Uh, his question is, you begin to ask the question and pray, God, why should I stay? Yeah, that's good. Uh, and so I think sometimes if we start there, God may mm-hmm. keep you exactly where you are, yep. but put you more directly on mission, yep. uh, whether you're in an office or you're on the church staff mm-hmm. or you're doing something else. But perhaps you ask the question, uh, How do I know that I'm called to stay here? Sure. And then God begins to redirect you. Uh, to the needs and to places overseas.
1: That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we, it's important to remind ourselves as well. God puts this desire in your right. heart for the nations, yeah. um, and we begin to pursue that. How do I know God's called me overseas? Because the as I'm as I'm living this life, yeah. that calling continues to mm-hmm. deepen. Yeah. So God puts a desire in my life. I do something. What What do we do, man? We begin to share our faith, yep. uh, interact with with people from different countries. Um, uh, get to know people who are different from us and watch God let those skill sets, that passion bloom and blossom in your life, and it will deepen. I think it's important to remind ourselves that the devil will never call you overseas. Right. So if you think That's that good. somebody's calling you overseas, it's probably not the devil, right? right. It's probably right. not your selfish desires. Yeah. Hey, I want to go overseas and sacrifice and suffer and be away from my family. <laughs> I mean, I think that yeah. when we really boil it down, if we, if we walk into this thing, we can be pretty sure that it's God who's leading us in this.
0: Right. Yeah, and I would just say this, just to be real blunt, Scott, uh, for those that feel or, or sense that they are called uh, to leave where they are and to go overseas, don't apologize for it. Right. Sometimes I think we feel like, well, I've got to justify or apologize because there's things I could do here. You'll know. I, I, I'll just say this. I think you'll know, even based on what you're saying, that the Lord is drawing you to at least consider and perhaps calling you overseas. Again, that passion, where you begin to spend your time, uh, perhaps the fruit you're beginning to see in ministry. Uh, God will make it pretty abundantly clear, and I would hope you would be affirmed by your church and others around you. And so how do you know God's calling you? I think as you continue to pursue him, uh, and as you continue to live out the Christian life, I think those things will become abundantly to, clear.
1: You know, they start to make sense. The other thing I would encourage people to do is is try it out. Yeah, and we're living right. a great day yeah. where uh, no longer is it the day like the Moravians where you pack all of your worldly goods in a coffin and go overseas right. and think you're gonna you're yeah. gonna die where you go. Right. Uh, we, we have there plenty of opportunities to try things out short term. It could be short term missions but you know even through uh, through the Southern Baptist Convention we have the go to challenge where right. we are encouraging college students to take two years post graduation mm-hmm. to invest those two years in a church planting location in North America or around the world just you, know, you got to get a job yeah. somewhere yeah. and if you got to get a job somewhere why not get a job somewhere strategically? Right. Why not take two years of your life and yep. say hey let me go here and try this thing out maybe at two years God can Confirms you, this is not your long term calling. Right. And that's okay. That's right. And maybe God deepens that call right. in your life. So the go uh, .net is a website that you can yeah. go to. The go to challenge to the Southern Baptist Convention, our North American Mission Board, International Mission Board, is a great way to discern God's call. Yeah. And I'd encourage folks to, to jump in uh, on things like that as well. So yeah. I think there are plenty of ways to know. God's will for your life. Yeah, I Let's agree. don't overcomplicate yeah, things.
0: I agree, and I think that's a part of it. Again, God works with real people in the real world. Right. Sometimes we overcomplicate that. Yeah. Well, Scott, this has been fun. Yep, uh, We've interacted with quite a few questions. We have a lot more uh, questions we're here. We're not halfway
1: through this no. list. What we're, are we going to do?
0: <laughs> we're really not. But, but again, uh, from both of us, uh, really thank you to the listeners. Yep. Uh, they really make this podcast what it is. Uh, listening week in and week out, we encourage you to continue to do that. Go back and listen to some of the old podcasts. Pass them along. Uh, and we're going to come back uh, at a certain point. We'll interact with more questions. Some of these will become entire podcasts. So as you have thoughts, suggestions, questions, please keep interacting and sending them in. Thanks again for listening to the Scent Life Podcast.